Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, Bridgewater Church. It's great to see you this morning. We're so glad that you've joined us on this pivotal Sunday. We've come to the last message in the series on our mission statement. And I thought it would be good one more time for us to share the mission statement together. Are you ready? Bridgewater Church is called to lead people into a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. As we seek God, share the story, serve the world, and ask God to send the people. As we've been talking about for several weeks, it is crucial that we are able to understand why God has placed us here as a church and a ministry. And I've asked you to remember six simple words because that's what our mission is all about. Be transformed, seek, share, serve, and send. Let's do it one more time. Be transformed, seek, share, serve, and send. We're on that last part, send, but we've got a lot to accomplish because I'm excited to tell you I have a vision to share as we come to the conclusion of this message today. So let's dive in to the definition of the word send. It means to permit, to enable to go, to dispatch a messenger or agent. I can remember one time that I felt very overwhelmed in a house that we had uh, purchased in Pennsylvania, and it needed a lot of renovations. And I was praying one morning in my study, and I was pouring out my heart to God. Lord, I have so much on my plate. Ministry and family were so important, as always. But then I have this house that needs renovation. And it was just like I heard God's voice, and he said, ask me to send help. And I thought, well, God, I'm always the one that's going to help other people. And then it was like I heard God's voice again, and he said, Drew, ask me to send you the help that you need. And in a moment of faith, I did. It wasn't just hours later that a friend called, and he said, listen, I am able to do pretty much anything you need at your house. If you would like help, I want to be able to give back to you as you've given to me. I thought, wow, God, what would have happened if I had never prayed the sending prayer? Because you see, this is how it works. God is transforming Bridgewater Church to send us people we need and the people who need us. Now think about it. God is transforming us to be prepared for the people that God is sending us. And then in turn, God will prepare and send us it might be locally, it might be on a mission trip, it might be simply to our neighbor's house. God is preparing us because he didn't save us 
to stay the way that we are. We're transformed in order to seek, share, serve. And this last part is crucial. God is calling us. He's sending people to us so that we can send people into the world. To help us understand how this works, I want to go to a familiar story in Acts chapter 10. And I want to talk to you about a major transformational moment in Peter and his, his heart, his mind, his entire life had to be in this transformational process if he was going to be prepared and be ready to be sent to the people that God was calling him to. It's, it's an interesting story, and I'm going to give three steps that God wants to use in all of our lives to prepare for the people he's sending us so that we can be prepared to be sent and fulfill the Great Commission. All right, let's dig in. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. About noon the following day, as they were on the journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. The very first step that we need to wrap our minds around is this. Sending begins with prayer and an open mind. Let's just say it together. Sending begins with prayer and an open mind. The story is very simplistic, but it's powerful because Peter has decided to stay with Simon the tanner. Now, we're told in Scripture that Simon's house is uh, by the sea. And that's because a tanner dealt with dead animals. So he would have been considered to be more or less an outcast, someone that you would not normally spend time with. But it's obvious that Simon is a follower of Christ. And he opens his home to Peter to be able to come in and to rest and begin that time of prayer and meditation that he needed and that we all need. Think about it this way. Oftentimes, before we ever are ready for God to use us in a powerful way, there is a need for a season of prayer so that our minds and our hearts can be open to what God is saying to us. And that's exactly what happened to Peter. We're told that Peter was getting ready to expand God's kingdom. And to understand what God was orchestrating in Peter's life, I want to just take a minute and back up to the beginning of chapter 10. And now the story might make a little bit more sense. Let's look at the scripture. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, 
Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. Now just remember, I know that you might feel like I've reversed this passage of scripture, but I wanted you to see the dilemma that Peter is finding himself in. He's at Simon's house. He knows that God is beginning to prepare him for a new chapter in his life. And so as he's there, he begins to think, and he actually ascends to the rooftop, which in that culture in that day would have been flat, and he begins to pray. But while Peter is praying, think about this. God was also speaking to a man named Cornelius, because Cornelius was praying. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but don't think that you're the only one praying about God's next steps. Because when we're trying to expand God's kingdom, God is preparing to send people into our lives, and God is preparing us to be sent into the lives of others. That's why this is so crucial and important. And don't miss what we just read. Cornelius immediately gets up. He prepares a group of men, three men, to be able to go and find Peter because they have been told by God, this is the man that you need to see. But now Peter is the one that needs some transformation. And the key will be prayer. I love what Oswald Chambers says. Every time we pray, our horizon is altered. Our attitude to things is altered. Not sometimes, but every time. And the amazing thing is that we don't pray more. Now understand, Peter is physically hungry. Peter is tired. And as he is praying, God begins to work and he falls into a trance. He sees a vision and he's told that as this sheet is being let down, that he needs to look at all of the animals, the reptiles, all of the birds that are in this sheet, and God gives him permission to eat these things. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, Peter, even though he was a fisherman and a burly guy who could struggle with the authority of God, he was a devout Jew. He had never eaten these animals that he's seeing in the sheet. But he's praying, and as Oswald Chambers said, his mind is beginning to be altered. God wants him to open his heart and his mind. Why? He doesn't have a lot of time. These men from Cornelius have been sent by God in order to bring about a major transformation in the world and an expansion in God's kingdom. But Peter needed to understand that the only way he would be ready to receive the people God was sending and to become the messenger God needed to send 
first and foremost, he needed to pray and begin to have an open mind. That's what God is asking of us. God is asking you right now to pray and have an open mind to see the things that God hasn't shown us yet. He's preparing to send people into our lives. He's preparing us to be sent into the lives of others. But I'll tell you, don't, don't ever think that uh, it's easy for any of us because it wasn't easy for Peter. Let's look at Acts 10, 14 through 16. This is Peter's response to the vision and to the directive God gave to him. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Here's our second step. Sending requires uninhibited surrender. Now let's just clear up any confusion we have in our minds. God was sending Cornelius and these men so that God could expand his kingdom. We'll get to that detail in a moment. In the meantime, Peter is on the roof of Simon the Tanner's home praying. He falls into a trance and he dreams about eating animals, reptiles, birds, things he had never eaten before because in, in the Old Testament, Jews were told there were certain animals, certain things that they were unable to eat. But now he has a, he's in a trance. Peter's in a trance, and as he is listening to God, he sees a sheep with all of these animals, and he hears Peter get up, kill, and eat. Well, Peter doesn't know actually what's going on. Maybe it's a dream. I don't know. But Peter knows enough that even in his dream, he wrestles with God. Has that been you? <laughs> Do you even wrestle with God in your dreams? Do you wrestle with God in prayer about things that God is preparing you for? Do we wrestle with them here in the ministry of Bridgewater Church? Sure we do. There are things we like, things we don't like. There are struggles that we all have because God is preparing us. And this second insight is crucial. Sending requires uninhibited surrender. That's exactly what God was showing to Peter. He didn't understand the details. He didn't realize why he was seeing all of these animals. But here is one thing that was clear. Peter struggles with the number three. Have you ever noticed? Peter denied Jesus three times. When Peter and Jesus were walking on the shoreline after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And now here we are, and three times Peter says to the Lord, I'm not going to kill and eat these things. Surely not. You don't want me to break the law. But Jesus came to set us free from the law by his grace. There isn't anything that God can't prepare us to do in order to make room in his kingdom for other people. This is exciting. This is incredible. 
Even though Peter was saying, surely not I, Lord. In other words, he was saying, no way, God. No way am I going to do this. The reality is that Peter would see a huge door opened into ministry with people he didn't know, and it was going to happen by a change in his diet. Listen to this insight from a field missionary. You can tell which interns are going to work well in Japan because they are the ones who are willing to try the food. The ones that are afraid to try generally don't get on well in other ways culturally. Now let's just stop. We've covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Let's just pause for a minute. What is it that God's asking you to do? Where is God asking us to have an attitude and a heart of uninhibited surrender? I really believe this. I think every follower of Christ is being asked by God right now to do something that we weren't, maybe I should even say we're not prepared for. But God loves all of us so much, he needs us to follow him in order to expand his kingdom. But that's going to take prayer. Prayer with an open mind. If God is going to prepare to send people to us, and if God is going to prepare us to be sent in his name, to expand his kingdom, then there must be uninhibited surrender. And that most often is the greatest struggle in the areas of our lives that God says, I need this from you. If you'll just have a change of heart, watch what I can do in you and through you. And for Peter, it was diet. It was food. And there wasn't any time to delay. I want to take you to this third portion of the passage. In Acts chapter 10, verses 17 through 23, this is what we read. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Now this is crucial. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. Here's our third step that's, it's just vital. Sending results in enthusiastic obedience. When we've prayed, and when we've opened our heart and mind to God and surrendered ourselves, there's no doubt at all there's, there's no doubt that God is beginning to do something great. And we'll enjoy it 
We'll see the fruit of it, but only after we surrender and enthusiastically embrace the decision to obey God. Now think about it. <laughs> Peter, Peter's on the roof thinking about all the food he's never eaten and that he's going to need to be open-minded to eat. I'm sure that was mind-blowing. And then three men come to Simon's house. How did they even know that that's where, that's where he lived? But an angel of God had sent him. <laughs> and then they call out, is, is Peter here? Man, wouldn't it freak you out if somebody came to your house and said, hey, I've been sent by an angel of God, and I, I, and I want to know, are, are you home? Is Drew home? And Peter's up still thinking about, wondering, the scripture says. He's contemplating this. And he comes downstairs and he goes, what do you want? Now, I, I want you to realize, when the door's open, here's what he's going to see. He's going to see men that aren't like him. And, and are you ready? This is, the big, this is the big reveal. They're Gentiles. Okay, now the story's making sense. Cornelius is a Gentile. He's a Roman guard. He's a centurion, well-respected by the Jewish people. He sent servants and one of his men uh, to, to go and talk and say he's devout, he's God-fearing. But he doesn't understand who Jesus is. He doesn't understand who the resurrected Savior is. In fact, it says, Paul said in Romans, how beautiful are the feet of those that God sends, the messengers of God, how beautiful are the feet who bring good news. And here's what I just think is so awesome. Peter invited these Gentiles into the house to stay with them and eat with them. And... Something incredible was about to take place. With enthusiasm, the very next day, Peter would go with this trio of, of messengers who had been sent to, to talk with Peter. Now God is going to take Peter and send him to go and begin preaching to the Gentiles. And I got to tell you, you know, what, you know what's good news? I'm glad he did it because otherwise we wouldn't be sitting here, most of us. Because if you're not Jewish, you're, you're a Gentile. Now, this story is impactful. We could easily stop right here and we could say that God is preparing us to receive people he's sending and God is preparing us to be sent. As I said just a few minutes ago, God's preparing us to be sent. Maybe it's just to our neighbor. Maybe it's to invite uh, a friend or a family member with us to church next Sunday. Maybe, maybe we're being sent to someone in need who has a, has a burden that they can't carry alone like I did. I don't know what God 
is preparing each of us to do, but I know this, God is preparing Bridgewater Church, and he's given us a vision that is unbelievable. Now, if you'll let me, I'm just going to sit for a couple of minutes, and I want to recap where we've been, and I want to talk about this vision that God has for our church to be transformed, to seek God, share the story, serve the world, and send the people. And I think it's one of the most important things that we can do is wrap our minds around this for a few minutes. And I've got not only some challenges, but I want to show you some information that tells us now is the time to say yes to God. So let's start with be transformed. Bridgewater Church is called to lead people into a transform, transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. Why is this important? I want to give you four insights. The average or median church service attendance has dropped from 137, 137 people in 2000, to 65 people in 2020. Church attendance is down 36 to 60 percent of what it was before the pandemic. Now, those numbers sound disheartening, don't they? But listen to these last two insights. 17 million Americans visit church websites on a regular basis. Isn't that awesome? And by the way, that's a reason why it's important for us to understand, no matter how old you are, technology is not going to go away. God is going to use technology to be able to reach people and expand his kingdom. And that's why I think this is an interesting statistic. 57% of Americans regularly wonder about the meaning of life. Church, the reason that God is called Bridgewater Church on a mission is because he has always believed in transformation. And we are to be transformed to help bring transformation into the lives of others that only God can give. Now, we've broken this down over the last few weeks to seek, share, serve, and then today send. Let's begin with seek. Here at Bridgewater Church, we have a vision to fulfill our mission by empowering one another to discover God through prayer and community. Now, why is this important? Why do we need to help people seek God through a relationship of prayer and building community together? Let me give you, again, some insights. 47% of people who support church still prefer to attend church in person. Well, that's wonderful. About 50% of Christians, people who believe in the ministry of the church, after this incredible pandemic, still want to come and be in person. I'm excited about that. But look at this next statistic. 53% of practicing Christians stream their churches online at least once a month. And young adults are the most likely to watch church online. Can I tell you, it's been a struggle I've had people that have said to me, I just miss people who aren't here anymore. I do too. But guess what? We have an incredible congregation of people that are online 
who love to be with us, and we love to be with them. So here are our SEEK mission goals over the next 18 months. We need to refocus Bridgewater Church and our 721 prayer emphasis. We need to realize that prayer, like for Peter, it's the foundation of everything. We are going to reopen the prayer room at the close of each service and give people the opportunity once again to respond to the message here in-house. And online, we're going to encourage all of you to have a time of prayer with us at the end of each message. We're going to expand community. In the fall, we hope and pray that our life group, small group community, life groups are essential. Jesus had one with 12. So we are praying that at least 50% of those in-house would join us. And 25%, this is the first time we have launched into this, we're going to ask 25% or more of you to join life groups and create community online with us. And we're going to add a discipleship track to our life groups, both in-house and online. Let's talk about what it means to share. We have a vision to fulfill our mission by faithfully communicating God's story as his story impacts our story. Did you get all that? God's story impacts our story and then we can share faithfully. But think about these statistics. 23% of people don't attend church because they haven't found a church that's right for them or is the right fit for their needs. 44 to 47% of people hold a positive view of being invited to church by a friend. And 33% of churchgoers discover their home church online first. Now this is exciting to me. Think about all of our options. 23% of all the people that we know are, are trying to find a fit for a church. That's, that's incredible. But think about this. People want you to invite them. You've got a 50-50 chance. People want you to invite them. You've got to share your story because it's so unique. And before anyone ever joins us in-house, online family, you're crucial. You're introducing more than 30% of your friends and family to make Bridgewater Church their home. Now, I want to give you another statistic that I think is incredible. This is our own stat. Bridgewater Church attendance has grown by 10 to 12% in the last 12 months. And that's in-house. And we've grown 25 to 30% online since 2019. Our church is growing. Now, I want to be clear about something. There are those that we love and care about that have made transitions to other churches. God has sent them. Folks, there's always a receiving of people. God is always sending people to us, and God is sending people to other places to do ministry. So our share mission goals must be this. We are going to develop a path to share our faith that is very specific, like next Sunday. 
we are asking you to invite friends and family online, invite them to share with you in watch parties, say it's Father's Day, and invite friends and family over, and then you can follow that with lunch and celebrate the dads. But what about in-house? Our in-house people, we're saying, bring people to church as well. And let us really have an incredible time of sharing together. We're also going to create momentum opportunities to bring friends to church, online and in-house. Don't think of church as only a building. It is a building, and ours is at 3100 Princeton Road. But our, our church is worldwide and global. Now, this is for all of us online and in-house. If we're going to share God's story, we must have debt reduction and, and or pay off our loan. Currently, we owe about $1.5 I'm not ashamed to tell you that. This, if this is your church, you also are carrying that debt with us. But God is doing some great things. He has sent people to help us purchase some land, and we're praying that by fall, we would be able to be debt-free. But now listen to this. Hold on tight. Buckle up. Hold on to your chairs. As soon as we're debt-free, we've got to do updates to technology and our facility. Technology is for everyone online. That's crucial. We have got to do updates in technology to make this better than ever before. And folks, we want to live stream we want to we have God send us into more homes, and so our technology needs to change. It's outdated. But we also want to update our facility as well. That won't be inexpensive at all. You're looking at me saying, Pastor, well, if we go out of debt, get out of debt, are we going to go back in? That's not my hope. That's not my prayer. My prayer is that we will become debt-free so that all of our funding will help us increase ministry and share the invaluable ministry and message of the gospel, which brings us to serve. We have a vision to fulfill our mission by creating a clear path for involvement and outreach through relational transformation. You know, those are some fancy words that just says this. We need each other. The pandemic has proven that we've got to have each other. Did you see it in the passage of Scripture I read today? Peter needed three men and an entire Gentile family he didn't know he needed. And God sent them. God's sending people into your life right now for you, that will help serve you and expand God's kingdom in your life. But God wants to prepare us here at Bridgewater Church in order to serve. Think about these statistics. 34% of young adults, millennials, who are engaged in a local church want to live out a faith that is actively committed to reaching the community. We can't just think about serving those of us that are part of Bridgewater Church. We've got to serve people that we don't know. Now, this really caught my attention. Did you know that only 5% of church-going adults tithe? If every Christian would tithe, an additional $139 billion could be used to expand God's kingdom. I think that is just incredible. Folks, I love you. 
And I have to tell you, to serve others that we know and serve others we don't know, the people that God are sending to us and the people that we are being sent to, it takes financial support. And we're asking everyone who considers Bridgewater Church, their home church, to tithe. We'll talk more about that in the future. But I want you to know that we have an incredible future in front of us if we'll unite together. And that's why this statistic is wonderful. 55% of practicing Christians are interested in developing and sharing their spiritual gifts. So you know what we're going to do? Listen to this. So here are our serve goals for the next 18 months. We're going to create a new path for ministry involvement through adoption. Remember what Jesus taught us last week? We're going to adopt an attitude of Christ and assimilate. We're going to get everybody connected and involved who want to engage. And that's our next goal. Teach about spiritual gifts and engage believers. That's what God is calling us to do. And we are going to empower generous giving and tithing. Then launch four serve days. A church work day here. A community outreach day. We already have our family fun day in August. And then we're going to look at a new Christmas outreach. And that leads us to send. We have a vision to fulfill our mission by asking God to send leaders to join us and ask God to send leaders from us to expand his kingdom. This is exactly what I preached and talked about today. There are some interesting statements made by a well-known church researcher named Tom Rayner. Tom writes this, Breakout or healthy growing churches will focus on evangelism more than at any point in their history. This will be the only way to grow in a post-Christian culture. He writes part-time or co-vocational pastoral ministry will become the norm for many churches. And it's already a part of our DNA. I celebrate our, our stipend staff, and we have Pastor Rod, who is on our staff, bivocational. It's incredible. Tom Rayner also said, horizontal growth, establishing a new site or venue for worship, will become a key strategy for growing churches. In other words, if we're going to grow, we're not expanding all of our building to, to have larger auditoriums. Instead, we're going to look at key sites where we can begin to send congregational members to launch a new church ministry in the greater Cincinnati-Dayton area. And then Rayner writes, churches that resist change will decline more rapidly, but churches that adopt and adapt to new ideas and strategies have a bright future for transformation. I believe our future is bright. And here are our SEND mission goals. Intentionally, we are going to ask God to send new friends and leaders. Have you ever thought about that? Let's start asking God to send us new leaders. We've got new families that have started joining us online and in-house, and it is great to connect with you. In fact, the only thing 
that at times my heart aches for is just to get to know all of you online. But we have a way that we're going to try and do that. I'm excited to tell you in just a moment. Intentionally, we need to pray and plan to receive new leaders and new staff. We have got to grow numerically, financially, so that we can grow spiritually. And currently, this church is looking for pastoral staff and new people to come along in various areas of our ministry. And then, intentionally, we need to send the BWC family on short-term mission assignments. And I want to remind all of you, we're getting ready next year to partner with uh, a medical mission group. And if you're interested, all you have to do is tell Pastor Liz online. Caring Partners is a wonderful group. And if you have a desire to do missions, it will probably be in South America, specifically Guatemala, let us know. But we've got to, to send others so that they can come back and share with excitement what God is doing around the world. And then I have a big announcement today. We are going to intentionally meet the needs of our BWC family online. Why? Because our BWC family online is growing and you matter to us. And I'm excited to tell you that Pastor Liz, who has been overseeing children's ministry and some of our uh, tech and social media, young adults, she has felt a call to Philadelphia. Pastor Liz, in August, will be transitioning from this ministry in-house. Now listen to that. She's only transitioning. She's not leaving us. She's transitioning to Philadelphia. And we're excited because this is going to be an incredible moment. And she's going to become our online BWC pastor. Now, she'll have other responsibilities. But if you were wondering, online family, how are we going to get more connected? How are we going to create and have the leadership for more small groups? How are we going to get to know you better? We are going to create a pastor, pastoral position for sending, and she feels led that the place to do that is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And we're excited because in this day and age of technology, God is doing great and incredible things. My good friend Michael Holschult in this church was talking, and I have to give him credit for this. As he was talking, I was writing notes, and this is what came to mind this week. BWC must never lose our mission focus. To do this, we must always be willing, on purpose, to shift our ministry strategy. This is crucial. It's time for us to be transformed, to seek, share, serve, and send. So I have a quick recap I want to give you because I know we've thrown everything at you and it's been a lot to take in, but I want you to seek. Pray for a growing BWC community online and in-house. Share. Partner to become a church. Unchurched people want to attend. Serve. Prepare for people to learn, engage, and give. Prepare for that now and send. Plan to receive transformational leaders 
and to send transformational leaders so that together we can expand God's kingdom. Can we pray together? Father God, I know that we've covered a lot of ground in the last few minutes. But God, we're asking for insight and wisdom so that we could fulfill over the next 18 months these goals that we've placed in front of this incredible congregation. These are the goals you've placed in our hearts. And God, you're sending us. You're sending us people who are going to help expand this ministry, people that we don't know that we need to get ready to receive online and in-house. But God, you're also preparing to send us pastors, new staff members, and you're sending Pastor Liz to Philadelphia. God, you are doing great and incredible and wonderful things that we could never have dreamed possible before the pandemic. God, thank you for new open doors. Help us to realize that you've given us a mission and you're ready to bless if we'll enthusiastically obey. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much, you're amazing. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. I love you. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.